eventually for all of us, life will end. Death does come for us all. Though some people look at this as an adversarial thing, the Grim Reaper stealing them from the life that they still are owed. I tend to like to think that the Grim Reaper, that death serves a function, a shepherd, a guide from one plane to the other in this existence that we have, whatever it may be. We explore a version of that, and the Grim Reaper Scythe isn't to harvest you, it's to protect you from something on your journey. And here we begin. There is no fear as potent as the unknown. No monstrous visage discovered yet has been as terrifying as the infinite potential for horror which exists before the mask is removed. That is why we humans and our naive misunderstanding of the universal order are gripped by the mortal fear of death. We think the final frontier, the greatest imaginable unknown from whose penumbral shores no traveler may return. And so we cling desperately onto even the most dreary and anguished lives, suffering any known evil over our release into the beyond. But no death. Death is not to be feared, because death is very well understood. We have witnessed it, caused it, measured and recorded it to the last dying spasm of neuronal flickering. Even as I lie dying, it seems silly to me that I should be afraid of the emptiness which reason promised to expect. While I was alive, I wouldn't experience death, so there was no reason to be afraid. Now, But when I was dead, I wouldn't be capable of experiencing anything, so fear has had no cause. That thought brought me great comfort as I felt the last erratic struggle from my heart against the inevitable conclusion that I approached. It wasn't until I finally fell drifting off to sleep that the final intrusive doubt bubbled in my brain. Huh. What if it isn't death which is to be feared? What if it's what lies beyond? And so troubled did I dip and slip and beyond the mortal understanding, stepping into a world as far forsaken by reason as now as I was now from life. I was still in the hospital room. But the bustle of nurses and the beeping machines lost their opacity, as though it was mired in swiftly descending dusk. It seemed as though every sound was an echo of what it once was, every sight a reflection. With each passing moment, the world was becoming less real. But all that sight and that sound, all that being, it wasn't simply disappearing. It was transforming into a figure beside me. The less real my room became more real the figure was, until presently it existed in such sharp actuality that nothing beside it seemed real at all. His cloak was black. Not the color black, but its essence. It was though seeing a tiger after a lifetime of looking at a child's crude drawing and thinking that's all a tiger was. Reality flowed around his scythe like a brush through the watercolors, and I could see each elementary particle in time itself sunder across its blade. Surely this, I thought, this is where we were taught without words to fear death. I clutched at my hospital blanket to cower from the intensity of the reaper's presence. But the one soft cotton now flowed like translucent mist through my hands. I knew in that moment that nothing could hide me from the specter's grasp, for he was the only real thing in this world. You were late. They weren't my words. I had ached from the strain of this knowledge as my lateness was burned into my awareness, imparted like an inescapable law of physics as unequivocal as gravity. 
We don't have time for the usual speech. Hurry now. I felt myself swept up around him like dirt in a hurricane. Before I knew what was happening, we were out of the hospital moving at such a frenzy pace that the world around me blurred into a dizzying tunnel of flashing light. If you're lucky, it will have gotten bored of waiting for you. I had too many questions, all fighting for attention in the forefront of my brain without making their way out. You're quiet. I admire that. Usually people ask too much. What's the point, I asked. My voice felt flat and dead compared to his overwhelming substance. How can I try to comprehend something so beyond mortal knowledge? You can't. But it's still human nature to ask. We weren't slowing. If anything, our pace was increasing. I wasn't running or flying or anything of that nature. It was more like the rest of the world was moving around us while we stood still. A vague darkness and a heavy, damp smell made me guess that we'd gone underground. But I couldn't say for sure. One question I asked. What else is here beside you? And that is why questions are pointless. Death is not a place or a person. It's all there is. Troubling thought, but made more by the growing howl which began reverberating the rocks around me. We still seemed to be descending into the earth, and the air was growing warmer and denser now. The sound continued to mount as though the world itself was suffering. Then what is it? What I'm here to protect you from. The rock split from a flash of a scythe, and the ground opened further into a sprawling cavern dominated by a subterranean lake. But I thought you said you were all there is. No, no. I said death was all there is. We weren't moving any longer. Light glinted off the scythe from some unseen force and source and streamed into the lake like a tributary. Once inside, the light didn't reflect or dissipate, but swirled and danced like luminescent oil. I thought you were death. Death is not a person. The light was taking a life of its own inside the water. The still surface began to churn with the enigmatic energy. It soon took my scattered mind a long while to realize that I was the energy flowing into the lake. I felt tangled up with the figure, but we now existed as a beam of light boiling into the water. I knew it wouldn't, I wouldn't understand, but that didn't stop me from feeling frustrated. If death is all there is, then what is it? What was waiting for me? The water pressed in around me, and I couldn't speak, although I could still draw breath somehow. It is here. Something was in the water around me. Hands grabbed me by the legs and began dragging me downward. I was amazed even to discover I had limbs again. It felt so alien to me. It was almost as though the body was not my own. Light flashed from the scythe. Then again, the hands let go. and The howling rose once more. The reaper was fighting something. Although I couldn't make any sense of the battle except for the madness of thrashing water. The howling earth reached its crescendo and the screams made the water around me convulse and contract like living fluid. Had the reaper cut it? Was I safe? I began to explore my new body in the water, but just when I thought I was beginning to gain control, the hands clutched me once more, and I, and I lurched downward, struggling in vain against their, their impenetrable grip. What is here? I tried to shout against the suffocating wet liquid. What is happening? But I couldn't sense the reaper's presence any longer. The heat was unbearable, but the cold depths and hands were dragging me toward was even worse. I became aware of a blinding light at the bottom of the lake, and though I struggled, the hands dragged me inexorably onward. I'm sorry I couldn't fight it off. 
seem to be coming from Sarwit far away now. We'll try again next time. The pressure, the heat, the noise, the hands dragged me into the blinding light. I closed my eyes and screamed. I was free from the water now, but I just kept screaming. I couldn't bear to look at it. Whatever had stolen me. Whatever was death but wasn't. Whatever even the Reaper could not defeat. Then words spoke. Real human world words from a real human mouth. My senses were so distraught that I couldn't make sense of them. But I'm guessing there was something like, Congratulations, he's a healthy baby boy. Most people can't remember the day they die. Or the day they're born. I happen to remember both. And I know that they're the same. It's an interesting concept about this cyclical thing of life and death. And how the reaper is your guide to an afterlife that you don't reach until you can break that cycle. Fighting against the pulling and tugging of being brought back into existence as soon as your life has ended. It's an interesting thing to, to ponder. Also, it wouldn't be strange to think that so many cultures believe in reincarnation and the endless cycle of it. Uh, there's different variations, of course, but... So this seems somewhat uh, horrifying to me because while I do want to hold on to the life I have, I'm in no hurry to start another one. But maybe they'll just change it with time. So curious what you guys think. How would it feel to be in an endless hamster wheel of existence? Do you want that afterlife, whether it be a heaven as promised by some faiths or just an end to it all? Curious to see what you guys think and... As always, thanks and take care.